Well, thank you to the readers and the leaders. Um, great job. My job now is to make us turn our attention back to Luke. Ch no, not Luke chapter 2. Ruth chapter 2. So please go there or look up at the screen. Before we just look at couple of important things to help us worship the living God more from chapter 2. Just look at chapter 1 verse 16 again. So remember there's a famine in the land of the ancient church. Naomi and family have gone to Moab because of the famine. Probably shouldn't have done that. Stick with the Lord in bitterness rather than run away from him. Her husband dies her uh, sons die. Two girls are now on the scene and Ruth stays with her author doesn't. And we get this belter in verse 16. Ruth replied to Naomi, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people. And your God will be my God. What a statement. Adults and children. She's aligned herself with the Christians. The, those who trust in the Lord. She's like I'm going where you go. And as if by magic. As soon as we press record. Next door's construction work begins again. But we can ignore that. And we're going to ask two really important questions today. Um, how spiritually aware are we? Are we growing as a church? Because we want to be doing that in lockdown. So that's the first one. So we'll just stick on that a minute. I got a question for you. At what point in your week do you stop thinking spiritually and stop thinking, oh, God is in this? And you start thinking, oh, maybe he's not in this bit. When do you stop thinking God is in something in your life? Because lots of things are at work behind this Ruth story. The Lord God is operating from behind like the curtains. And he's putting lots of little things in place. But he is working. And I don't, I, I'd like to think Ruth has got that in mind. And I want us this week to learn from it. And us to be thinking that God is always at work as well. And like looking to him trusting him and not have a point where we cut off thinking oh no that bit's not involving god just before we pick that apart with the ruth stuff it's like i'm here now from a series of events new job new calling um sold our house at the exact right time joined this church left another church <clears throat> um but Rewind the clock a bit again. I got ill. Had to have tonsils out last year. But that period of time in hospital. If it had been a little bit longer. A little bit shorter. Maybe I wouldn't be here right now. At this moment saying this stuff. Um, so but maybe. To rewinding again. Maybe I had my tonsils out. Because when I was younger. Something happened. And it led to a series of events. For that moment to have an operation and so forth and so forth. Or maybe it was stress related because something happened in my life. Who knows? My point is, like every sequence of events is not outside of the Lord's working. 
Some of you might have taken uh, your green bins out this week because they came around in our area for the first time in months. But yet here you are at this time listening to this sermon. Um, but you wouldn't have put the bins out if you hadn't have had your Rice Krispies at the same time as you did. Well, you would have put the bins out, but maybe not th the same time. And you know what I'm trying to say. Um, in the book of Ruth, God is working in subtle details. There's no like divine revelation of a burning bush experience for Ruth just yet. But the Lord is working just as powerfully and church needs to see that and look to him in every situation. And this is part of growing. So growing with the Lord, it like it takes time, but it has to begin. Every church member now listening, we need to start trusting the Lord more in everything. I remember my friend, he went to Brazil to do church work with street children. And um, he found a girl and she was on the streets most of her life. She was now 13 years old. Her parents had abandoned her at five years old. And from six years old, she would basically use her body um, to bring money in, doing all sorts of things that the human body shouldn't have to do and earn money for. And then she developed um, a drug habit and she would buy lots of bags of drugs and get them into her system. And when my friend found her, she had been beaten up by one of her employees um, or punters. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Penters. Her arms were broken. She had teeth missing. She had been taken advantage of, advantage of physically in the worst possible way. Children, she was really down in a bad state. And then my friend told her about Jesus. And she wanted to turn from her old life without him. Any sins in her life she wanted to get rid of. She wanted to turn to Jesus and she did. She trusted Jesus on the pavement in Brazil there with my friend. Anyway, days later, she, uh, my, my friend and his team went to visit her again. And she was found barely conscious on the side of the road. And she had taken drugs again. It's like... Is she growing? Because Christians are supposed to immediately start growing to be more like Jesus in every area, which includes our addictions to things like drugs or children. If you're short tempered to your parents or disobedient or Jesus wants to immediately start working on us as a church. So we get better at stuff like that. Adults, whatever your hang ups are, where we're not like Jesus, instant growth is supposed to start. But we're not going to be the finished article straight away. We're not instantly going to be like Jesus. In fact, we won't fully be like him till we get to glory with him. But sometimes growth is happening and we are on the way. And I just want to fan that into flame today and carry on this week trusting him. So back to my friend. He was really disappointed because this girl had been like, I am a Christian. I've turned to Jesus. But then a few days later, she had gone back to her drug habits again. And the team were angry at her. And my friend was angry at her. 
and he had taken the evening to clean her up and like get her food and that and then she said this oh pastor i do love jesus and i have turned from my sin last night i only did six bags of drugs whereas all my life before this i've been doing 10 bags of drugs a night and my friend was suddenly racked with guilt because she was beaming that she had managed to kick four bags of drugs out of her life already and my my friend felt guilty because he expected her to be the completed full-on jesus image person straight away but he reminded himself then growth like it takes time and what the lord wants to see this week is that we are on the path of growth and to be patient with one another when we do fail and fall so it is essential but it sometimes happens in really subtle ways like we're going to see with uh, Ruth and Ruth at chapter 1 verse 16 had said she talked the talk she's like I'm going to be with you your God is my God I'm going with you and it's like well is there growth is there subtleties that she's responding to are there subtleties from the Lord in her life that she's responding to and growing so look at how chapter 2 um, starts verses 1 and 2 now Naomi had a relative on her husband's side, a man of standing from the clan of Elimelech, whose name was Boaz. And Ruth, the Moabite, said to Naomi, let me go to the fields and pick up the leftover grain behind anyone in whose eyes I find favour. Naomi said to her, go ahead, my daughter. I love that because Ruth... She is trusting the Lord and now she's starting to live it out. The Lord's putting Boaz in play, which is going to be a massive part of the life of Ruth. The Lord is really working. But she's just getting on with doing Christian stuff, looking after her church members that she's just joined. She's looking after Naomi, her mother-in-law. In 1 Corinthians 12, 12, here it is up on the screen. Did you notice that the local church is likened to a human body? Um, and a body only functions when all of its parts are coordinated. Um, that's what Ruth is doing. She's serving Naomi and Naomi has a role. And the Lord's going to be using them even more in a minute. But she's just getting on with life. Church life. Laying down her own life and priorities for the advancement and goodness of her church family. Maybe children draw a body now with all different like draw a body full of little people like his fingers or feet or something like that. And the head is Jesus. That would be a really interesting picture because we're all just like attached to him who's the head. He tells us what to do and where to go. In church, you get the Ruths who are happy to serve Naomi's. You get Naomi's. Um, you get the Boazes, and we're going to learn about him in a bit. You get the extrovert, loud people who are good at meeting people and like welcoming them in to the life of the church. Then you get the person who isn't loud, and, but is good at hospitality and gets them in their homes. 
and maybe is good at making feel uh, making people feel comfortable maybe they're not great at having deep conversations but they're like really good at just putting people at ease and looking after them then you get these prayer warriors who like work around the churches praying and asking the lord to have mercy on people and then you get the introvert who's not very good at the public stuff and never wants to be on the stage but shares the gospel with people in their own little way and together we become this mighty force like uh, Ruth is now plugging in doing her own little thing. There's nothing better than church. So back to Ruth, she's getting busy, she's not just collecting a harvest though. This is not just an ordinary day because the Lord is at work, even in her just picking up bits of stuff from the floor, which he is with us as well. And we get to verse five. Boaz asked the overseer of his harvesters, who does that young woman belong to? So she because she's been in Boaz's field. And the overseer replied, she is the Moabite who came back from Moab with Naomi. In the Bible, you've got um, the judges on the one side and the kings coming the other side of this story. Ruth's just like getting on with being faithful to her Lord and church family. But the world is changed when Boaz meets Ruth. Because from that meeting of her just getting on with day-to-day -day stuff, the Son of God comes to planet Earth. He is part of their family tree. My friend called Emma, she's a mother and her husband is like a bigwig preacher who's in the limelight a lot and she writes blogs and I'll never forget one of her blogs. She said, she was something like today my husband's out and about uh, having thousands of views on the internet. I've just been here changing the pants of our newborn baby or nappies it'd probably be, wouldn't it? Um... And then she said, but I realized this, and this is Ruth chapter two summed up. I washed those babies clothes and ironed them and changed his pants because the baby is in the Lord's image. And it is enough to do my little calling for the glory of the Lord. So it's not like, oh, God can't be in this bit of my life. He's in the church bit when I'm there on a Sunday, but not this bit. It's like, no, even that. The Lord is at work, working his plan and turning us into the image of himself if we respond well. The, the second and last bit I want us to see is Ruth has come to the Lord. She has plugged in to church life. She has started working hard for other people and loving other people as much as she loves herself. She's getting busy for Jesus and she loves Christian activity. So my question is, have we come that far? It starts with the little things in life. Um, have we come to the Lord and said, yeah, that Lord there is going to be my Lord. Is the Trinitarian God of Park End Church my Lord? And as I'm drawing these little pictures of people changing into the likeness of Jesus, or I'm drawing this body made up of people like me, is that me? Sin is not coming to Jesus. 
So let's learn from these two legends. Even in judgment and famine, when they don't have much, they do everything for him and for church. What matters is we use our gifts and our talents for him, like Ruth has started doing here. And as a result, the saviour of the world is going to come. Quite a lot of people alive at the moment think the purpose of our existence is to be comfortable and uh, contented and that will bring true joy. But it's also going hand in hand with records amount of depressed and miserable people. The book of Ruth chapter 2 shows us you can have nothing but know the living God and be full of life. Full of life. You can be even called bitterness but it's worth it if God comes close. We're going to see that as the story unfolds. Um, it is possible to have everything against us in life, but to be perfectly connected and united to the Lord God, and then to say it's worth having this difficulty if he is near me, because we're not designed at the end of the day to just live without Jesus and try and find a life where we can say, well, as long as I had a good time today, it's like, no, we're designed to know Jesus. And sometimes knowing him in bitterness um, leads actually to the deepest and most richest experience of human existence of all, where we can say we have had a good time today, even though it was one of the most difficult days I've ever had. So out from Ruth's just quiet dedication now to church family. Um, these leftovers, verse three, children whose property is she on? Begins with a B, shout it out. And they get chatting in verse eight, nine and 10. So Boaz said to Ruth, my daughter, listen to me, don't go and glean in another field and don't go away from here. Stay here with the women who work for me. Watch the field where the men are harvesting and follow along after the women. I have told the men not to lay a hand on you. And whenever you are thirsty, go and get a drink from the water jars the men have filled. And at this, she bowed down with her face to the ground and she asked him, Why have I found such favour in your eyes that you notice me, a foreigner? Reply, I have been told all about what you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband, how you left your father and mother and your homeland and came to live with a people you did not know before. Boaz lavishes gifts on Ruth. Jesus lavishes his gifts on us. Sometimes those gifts are difficult days, mine, but he lavishes them on us. Good times, tough times. And then in verse 20, Naomi's like, The Lord bless Boaz, Naomi said to her daughter-in-law. He has not stopped showing his kindness to the living and the dead. She added, That man is our close relative. He is one of our guardian or kinsman redeemers. He is someone who can bring us out of our poverty. So a quiz as we close. Who does he remind you of? Boaz. He's a brave man. 
Boaz is self-sacrificing and is interested in foreigners and down and outs. He deals with cast-offs, people who have been rejected, people who have had a very tough time. People like Naomi who rejected God for a while and ran off. The people who have not very much. And he is going to redeem them out of their poverty into prosperous life. He is going to give them a secured home and a family. And it's going to cost him to do so. Does he remind us of the one who in Matthew chapter 1 is called the Lord of the harvest? Who could have chosen anyone, but he chose the Moabite outsider, Ruth, to be part of his family tree. He could have chosen anyone, but he chose us. And we just look to him this week in every detail of life. Park End and the wider YouTube audience, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you and the Lord bring you peace now and forevermore. Amen. We'll see you at 9pm for our daily readings.